Hello, and welcome to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. I'm Jim Paolino, founder and CEO of Lodestar Software Solutions. On this podcast, I'm going to be talking to leaders in the mortgage and real estate industries. Our goal is to talk about current events, interesting things from their end of the industry, and anything else that we feel is fascinating. So our very first guest today is my good friend, Matt Einhaber, creator of Titlebox, and so much more. Matt, you've been in the lending industry, the title industry. I'm probably forgetting about three or four. Um, so we'd love to kind of start there. Um, what types of things have you done in the lending industry, especially since you're probably still on the young side for mortgage after being in it for 20, 20 plus years? Depends on what you call young or how yeah. you define that. But yeah, um, it's weird because then to say like, oh, I've been doing this for 15 years or whatever, mm-hmm. you throw that around and you're like, what? You're doing something for 15 years? How's that possible? Uh, but yeah, I came into the lending space when I started an ATM company, actually, when I was like college aged. Um, so I guess that's financial services um, in the late 90s when, you know, that was private ATM, if you like a new idea. Um, that was a, a very small but a successful kind of um, thing and sold. Started selling mortgages. Yeah, I was in my 20s and didn't, got a job. Um, and that, you know, evolved to I saw as a salesman, as a loan officer, mm-hmm just, you know, holes in the, um, in the settlement services side of the business, you know, title and, and everything that revolved around it, knew nothing about it. Um, and left that company, you know, to go start my own thing in, in the settlement services space and in the title space, which, you know, had several iterations and evolved into a title agency that I grew over multiple states, uh, you know, and ran for the better part of 15 years. Um, and then a couple of years ago, three years ago or so started title box, um, to solve a lot of the problems that I learned and, and kind of pulled apart and saw in that space. Um, and then within the last year, sold my title agency so that I could solely focus on title box. So that's the sort of brief history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one, one of the several things that we have in common, in addition to being in Philadelphia, is being kind of reformed title agents who made the switch over to the technology of vendor space. Yeah, it's like um, the title agency space is, I mean, it, it's a great business and and it's a changed business. I mean, even in the, you know, since I started in the business in the early 2000s, it's changed dramatically, um, fundamentally, I think. And obviously some of those things are long-term systemic things. And some of the reason that I got into title box and that I see, but you know, if you're, you know, if you see some of that change and you want to effectuate it, you know, folks like you and me, we, we, we dive into crazy we're idiots we dive into things that we try <laughs> well that uh, that actually gets to my next question of what's made you want to stick around and and all this you know different aspects of the industry it's a puzzle you know i mean yeah. i i found myself you know um a little bit bored with just you know selling insurance and you know that it wasn't enough so but there is a, certainly a puzzle and I, and I think fortunately for a long time i'm like boy i picked this industry that's so hard to pull apart and the hardest part was really the human dynamics around like the the disconnect of like the person who buys your thing isn't the person who pays for it the person who chooses doesn't pay for and it creates all these weird dynamics but i think that at the end of the day um that it was perfect for me because it was this very complicated puzzle that i had to solve and that's what we're doing we're not you know honestly like if you do something and you become successful and then you make money say right we all want to make money and then you get the money and then you're like cool I have money. And I mean, you know, it's nice to have money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not allergic to money, but you know, it's like, it's not, it's not the thing that keeps you kind of going. It's, it's, you got to find the right puzzle for yourself. And so, um, 
Yeah, and this is a this is a tough one, man. Title is a really really hard. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem hard. We're not doing we're not saving lives here, you know. Uh, but there's human dynamics about it that I find to be different and more challenging to sort of pull apart than I've seen in any other industry. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that really interests me and I really want to touch on in this podcast is lending touches every aspect of the economy, people's lives. Everyone needs a place to live the housing industry, the real estate industry, you can talk to anyone and they will have something to say about it. And I think that's been been really interesting because it's just so important and it affects so many aspects of our economy and people's lives. And I guess, you know, we've talked in the past about when someone buys a car, how easy it can be. And that's the second largest purchase of people's lives typically but housing has never gotten close to that in terms of what you can do online, how modernized, quote unquote, everything is. So how do you see that changing? How do you, have you seen it changing in the last year? You know, probably kicking and screaming. Yeah, I mean, specifically like, you know, what's happened over the last, I would say probably six or seven years is that there's been a lot of outside, um, you know, people kind of like discovered, you know, the settlement services title, like, aha, you know, there's this gold yeah. mine of sort of old manual processes. We're going to go make our billion dollars here because we went to Harvard and like, we're and, you know, and it's way more complicated than that. And I think inherently inside of the business, you know, one of the challenges of like, well, why can't Bitcoin or a, why can't a blockchain solve these problems? Right. Or, you know, there's lots of potential solutions, but I think, you know, inherently what happens is you've got states and municipalities and you know so the borough of main street says you know what we want to charge a library tax and like let's create and then we're going to make it leadable against real estate so that we collect it and here are the rules and we're going to create the rules and those rules are just specific to the borough of main street not the rest of the world and so those municipalities are incentivized and they're disincentivized from you know mm-hmm. from making things open and clear and being part of a blockchain like there's a lot of reasons that's this one little glimpse yeah. of why you know that blockchain sounds simple if you're solving the problem of the chain of ownership right that's not actually the problem and that's not actually the most complex part of title. Mm-hmm. i mean i'm talking title we're talking you know we, we started with lending and i'm getting right down but um but there are lots of things i think that blockchain can solve just as an example um and there's and there's lots of but the, again the challenge is a, is, a, is a legacy system if you can start a new country from scratch you know like that's a yeah. different story but you know we're not that's not what we get to do you know we have to deal with what we have when people make a comment about the industry being not being in the 20th being stuck in the 20th century honestly in some cases this is stuck in the 19th century uh, yeah. I, I grew up in Rhode Island, um, smallest state in the country, and they still have individual town recording offices, just something like that. Rhode Island has a million people in it. There's one office could cover that whole damn state. Like there's just things like that. And you're not changing that anytime quick. You can say the same thing about Connecticut, Pennsylvania, you know, the, the more you, the system there is, is all over the place. Um, so I don't think these are easy things to change. And I think people are very quick to paint a broad bu- brush of, oh, title insurance is going to be obsolete, or this is like, you know, life insurance if no one died, you know, it's, it's, it's highway robbery. It's something you don't know you need until you really need it. Yeah, I think the industry itself, including mortgage lending and real estate sales and all the things that touch the whole process, the real whole process, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
you're again, it's legacy system stuff, right? Like there's a difference in anything that you can come in and say, well, this is how it should be. You know, well, there's a lot of things how they should yeah. be, but like, what can you actually effectuate mm-hmm. and change and actually do, you know, and that's often a completely different story mm-hmm. because there's so many moving yeah. parts and variables inside of there. And this industry has a phenomenal amount of moving parts and variables, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, and I've everybody been, uh, has motivation, crazy. I, I grew up in a family-owned title company, and I, I I really need to find this picture. It's um, something that my dad always had in his office. It showed a bunch of people um, in a rowboat, kind of like you know, like we see here on the Schuylkill River, where everyone's about ready to row, um, and you and it had little blurbs over everyone saying attorney ready, title agent ready, appraiser ready, realtor ready, bank ready, um, borrower ready, and then um, the person says go, and then everyone banks into each other, and it's just a pile. Um, so I, I really have been meaning to find that because I think it just sums up the closing process so well. Um, but specifically in the last year, have you seen any meaningful change towards kind of modifying, especially the closing process, especially now that you can't come into the office in, in the same way that people would? Yes, but it's so disparate, meaning like, mm-hmm. you know, and this is inherently like you're trying, everyone's trying to solve their own problem. You know, yeah. you know, like, the, you know, their own local, like what people see and feel and touch, for example, is the settlement. And they're like, well, we're going to have electronic settlements and you're going to sign on a pad and you're not yeah. going to physically be at the table anymore. And that's great. And there's been some meaningful change there in the last year, mm-hmm. forced by the events of 2020. Yeah. That, you know, so that's happening more. It's not happening at the level that it should be still. And it's still slow moving, but it's definitely been accelerated. And I think that that's very good. And so, yeah, you've seen that, but that's like, so the tip of the iceberg, right. I mean, you know, that's, that's such a, like, that is two and a half percent, maybe of all the work that's done in mm-hmm. the entire process, you know, is sitting there at the table. So like, it's helpful and it touches the consumer. That's what they see in field. It's probably 50% of the work that they do or whatever. Yeah. So, so it's meaningful, you know, because it touches the consumer, but it's one tiny little piece. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, you've seen things like that, e-recording, which was already very uh, prevalent <laughs> almost everywhere. Anyway, the, the few places that were left have pretty much gotten on, on, the board, on board there. So there's been like things, you know, that run remote online notarization, mm-hmm. like there's been individual things, but I mean, this whole, you know, if you look at the whole workflow, it's, it's not just a workflow, it's multiple work. Because right. the workflow is really like, hi, honey, hey, let's, let's think about buying a house. And then it ends with, you know, we bought, we're moving in. And so everything that happens in that month to two year process, mortgage and appraisal and title and this, mm-hmm. and, and then each one of those has their own little workflows and each one of those has their own little workflows. Right. So there's been things, but, yeah. uh, but it's tough to tell. And I think to your point too, of, of that start, um, there's still a lack of understanding that people have of all the different pieces of the process. And I think regardless of the technology, making that understanding better in educating the consumer, it seems like people aren't really investing in that in the way they should. I got a call this week from a good friend of mine. He knows I am do something related to the lending industry. And he said, hey, Jim, I, um, I'm buying a house. I, I had some questions for you about what I do. So I was asking and he had got a pre-approved. He's like, yeah, I got pre-approved by a lender. So what do I do next? And I was talking to him. I was like, uh, you need to find a house. Like that was like, I can't really help you until you actually figure out. So you might want to talk to a realtor. You might want to do this. Um, I, and smart guy, I have another friend. He has a master's in finance and he 
talked to me when he was in the process. He's like, oh, I didn't pick my title agent. The seller just told me who to use and how much I'm going to pay. And I was like, that, that's not really how this is supposed to work. So the lack of understanding of, you know, anywhere in the, the process is and just really interesting. To, to, to be that voice because right. it's not one thing. Yeah. There's 42 different industries right. by this process and all of them have their own agenda. And yeah. so, you know, and I, and I get frustrated a lot at specifically at the title industry because I mm -hmm. think that they, um, the, the voice of the title industry is not only, I, I don't want to say it's so bad at, at expressing its value proposition. It's not even so bad at it. They, they have not ever expressed their value proposition to the world. And so the hey, world, they protect the American dream. <laughs> yes. Well, they, that's it. But that's what does that mean? Right. Like, yeah. But they don't, they really don't like, I don't think that, that I, I know for a fact, because I've spoken to many mm -hmm. hundreds of them and, and, you know, title companies and people in the industry, big and small, I don't think they really are truly understand, or at least I don't agree with what, you know, what their actual real value proposition is. Mm -hmm. And so how can you express it if you don't really, you know, if you haven't verbalized it? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and people, so people, the public doesn't understand it. Right. And they think that it's like, Oh, you make sure I'm buying the house from the right person. You know, that's it. Like, it doesn't sound very hard. And, it, and yeah. you're right. It's not. So, but that's not really what's going on. And so um, how can someone value you? If you yourself can't even express what the actual value is that you're bringing. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, aside from just title everywhere in the industry, um, a lot of these things are commoditized, right? I think the rates you're getting somewhere are going to be drastically different. The title premiums in many states can't be different at all. Um, so you're literally going to be paying the same price of regardless of where you go. So companies focus inwardly on technology of let me lower my costs, let me do anything to make this as cheap as possible to maximize what I'm making. But what I think is being missed, especially in this kind of e-closing and technology push, is this in my opinion, is always going to be a relationship business. Well, a commodity service is different than a commodity product, right? If yeah. I buy a share, if I buy this thing, mm -hmm. right? It, at the end of the day, I get the same. It's the thing is the thing is the thing. If it's the same, if it's the right. same thing, it doesn't really matter where I bought it. But if I paint my house, that's a commodity too, right? My my wall yeah. is now a different color, period, the end. Mm -hmm. But the process and experience of the painter didn't show up on time and this guy right. took a week and the other person took two months, like there's a lot that can go into that service. And there is a reason why you get five estimates and you don't pick the cheapest one and you don't pick the most expensive one generally, right? So people understand mm -hmm. it in that context, I think mostly. And they understand this, buy the product is the same, same in, in this context. Um, mm -hmm. But they're now they're taking a service, you know, a mortgage loan, a, a, an experience of shopping for and buying a house. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, title and all the things that go inside of that are really, it's a lot more like, picking a painter for your house than it is mm -hmm. like buying the product that's the same, same. And people don't think, you know, they right. treat it like a commodity product and the industry treats themselves like a commodity product when really it's a commodity service and those should be purchased yeah. in a different way. You know? I like that analogy, right? Two people can use the same bucket of paint and lead to very different results. Very different results. Yeah. And even if at the end of the day, the results are the same, the wall's the same, the job is right. as good, your path mm -hmm. in getting there isn't necessarily the same, right? And yeah. we've all had contractors that, as using that as an example to work in our house, right. where it, like it's been a nightmare, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and then you get the great person and they're like, this was this was worth paying right. more for, you know? Like mm -hmm. everyone kind of can, can usually- Yeah. Well, what, what changes do you see coming going forward in 
is there room for people to change this industry? There's always been the almost the doom and gloom of, oh, blockchain's going to make title obsolete, or Amazon is going to be a mortgage company along with Walmart, and all these little mortgage brokers aren't going to be there anymore. As long as I've been in the industry, there's always been that thread of things getting rolled up, yet there's more and more companies every day. So how do you kind of um, balance those two thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I'm Mr. Like big picture forward thinking. Let's mm -hmm. I'm Mr. Efficiency, right? I want yeah. you know, least movements and um, and I and blockchain's not taking over title. Um, and mm -hmm. and and like we saw in 2014-15, like the quickens of the world started to really eat up the and right. then that that reversed itself, right? It went backwards, and now brokers are much more popular than ever. I think that um, I've I've learned like efficiency isn't always the, you know big big company efficiency technology and straight lines aren't always the best thing for every situation mm -hmm. um they often are and everyone has to work to get better but also you know i think that um you're right there's relationships and there's people that make choices consumers that make choices that aren't based on um better faster cheaper always or even logic always so there's you know there's lots of reasons why people go in different directions but there's definitely evolution. I just think that there's, there's, there's bucket. I mean, like what we're working on a title box and what we're doing and delivering is a very like guy behind the guy behind the guy kind of right. solution, right? That's driving efficiencies and then enabling of a whole industry that like people, the consumer doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. see, though they mm -hmm. feel it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, mortgage brokers are doing it. And, yeah. and, um, and I think the realtors, I mean, you're seeing in the real estate sales space, how many new models have shown up in the last couple of years? Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like now there's, there was only one way to sell real estate, 6% right. commission. You know, now there's, there's, I don't know, four, five, six, seven models and the iBuyer thing, everybody, oh my God, it's going to take over. And now that's starting to yeah. like, yeah. I was about to say iBuyers were taking over the industry and then they weren't, and then they were again. And yeah. It's just like everything else. It's all kind of goes in, in ups and downs. And I've um, certainly seen that growing up in the industry. I saw um, my family's title company, I think, drop by about 80% in terms of their number of employees um, almost overnight in 2008. Wow. Yep. And wow. the, I think a lot of what you're doing with Titlebox and a lot of what I, I would love for you to talk about is how do you deal with the ups and downs of that industry? And that's one of the things that, me at Lodestar is always concerned about is what happens when volume triples overnight and then goes back down, like an experience we're dealing with right now. Like how can you manage in an environment where you're going to be three times as busy in June as you are in January? It's really tough and traditionally mm -hmm. in, in the title space, specifically yeah. title, the mortgage space too, for that matter. I yeah. Think that's basically what I'm familiar with. Same thing in 2000. I mean, you saw all this and then, you know, yeah. and traditionally it's been a, a one-sided, not very nice relationship of, you know, these companies hiring human beings as the capital labor, and then they don't need them. They got to get rid of them. And, and mm -hmm. I understand the business decision. I mean, what do you right. um, but, you know, it's, it's less than ideal for, for everybody involved. And, um, and so, yeah, how do you solve that? Problem? I mean, one of the things that we're doing is I think, it, I think a, I don't want to say it's a side effect because it's, it's, it's an effect. Mm -hmm of what we're doing in Titlebox is solving that a bit, you know, for these, for title companies. I mean, how do you go, first of all, the labor pool, the supply demand is completely out of balance. And I don't mm -hmm. think that's changing anytime soon. I mean, I think, you know, 
the demand is going to continue to outstrip supply and experienced title professionals, mm-hmm. period. Like, you know, and right now the demand is extremely high. Even when right. that demand settles down a little bit, the supply is just getting lower and lower. You're just chasing. So, yeah, I mean, who grows up and wants to be an appraiser or even a lo- loan officer, or title agent, a title searcher, any of those things? And they're not visible, right? Uh, you know, professions. So it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, some people grow up and they're like, you know, you can see a truck driver, a hairdresser, right. a doctor, a lawyer. And so you're like, oh, I want to do that. And then you go to school and you do yeah. Nobody, This is not visible. So people don't even understand that it exists. So there's mm-hmm. no like natural flow of people space um and it take, requires a lot of training and that training doesn't exist for that right. so it's just experienced stuff so you know for us it's like all right we, we need to run a business that's not just a collective of artists and hope to get lucky and get good people that's not a mm-hmm. business that's like yeah. so you you know we we technology is a mix of data and mm-hmm. software technology and human beings that operate it but do so in a way where those human beings, we can take the people who know what they're doing, teach them better, right. have them focus on making decisions and not just, you know, not, not doing administrative work. That we, and then turn ratios from instead of one person every 20, 30, 40 transactions, one person every 300 transactions mm-hmm. because we've used the other stuff. Well, then more, more important, it allows those people to handle have a higher leverage point in the transaction. They can talk to the customer, they can talk to the other decision makers opposed to data entry or anything else. I uh, had a prospect once who I spoke with and I was telling him about our software and what we were doing and how we could save him time. And he said, oh, you know, that's that's all well and good, but what are my employees supposed to do then with all that time saving, just scratch their backs all day? He didn't use the word backs, but uh, that I think that mindset is a problem because there are plenty of things that they can do, right? Or, you know, let's figure out how people can have that direct interaction and use technology to help the people component opposed to just lowering your cost and, and that sort of thing. So I really think there's always going to be a spot for small companies in this industry because this is going to be a people business and always will be because you're dealing with the most important transaction of people's lives in most, most cases. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. I mean, there's a couple of things there to unpack. One of the things, like, yeah, I mean, Mm-hmm. employees when they're looking up you know they're trying to quote rates you know they're not yeah. going they're not talking to clients when your employees are right. chasing down the judgment or trying to get a payoff from work they're not yeah. talking to the customers well the customers are still talking to them you know they said yeah. so the response time is poor and so they can be getting new business by addressing right. customer facing kind of activities mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I mean there's and as as a millennial i can tell you that we don't want to do everything on our phones and what we really want to do is talk to someone who's an expert and got, have them guide us through the entire process. Because whoever is able to do that, will, they will be, you will be their person. Because we will go to them with any questions, we'll go back to them. Because to your point, we know that that person will do a great job painting our house, whatever. If the paint with him costs a little bit more than down the street, that's fine. Let's pay for peace of mind. I think people take for granted, mm-hmm. you hear a lot these days like, well, why can't I just buy a house? like on my phone, you know, like, why can't I just do this and the whole process? And there is even some companies out there that are like, yeah, we're ready. We're going to, you're going to be able to do. And it's, it's so not that simple and is not Mm -hmm. close to being that simple. And, you know, I think that's smoke and mirrors to even suggest that it's going to be that simple. And so I agree with you that like, as long as it's not that simple, you know, people need human beings that they connect with, like, to yeah. help them guide them through and so as long as that exists 
we're going to, you know, there, there's room for a human being, period. Well, that, that actually gets me to my last question. If you were, you know, real estate czar of the country, able to make any sweeping change that you wanted, and I didn't send you this ahead of time, so get excited. Um, if you could make one to three just blanket changes to help improve how the industry is running, what would it be? Oh, boy. Yeah. I should have said that ahead of time, but I'd like to see yeah, this run a little bit. Yeah, I should have said that ahead of time, but not because <laughs> I don't know what to say, but because I have to be very careful about my words because there's buckets in this industry that I don't want to mm-hmm. throw under the bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. you know, one to three changes. I mean, you know, so I, I would first look at the three major components to the process as far as consumers, mm-hmm. which is the sales process, the purchase process, real estate sales. Mm-hmm. The blending process, your you know your lender and that mm-hmm. experience, and the title process, which is a major process, even though consumers don't see it, feel touched or understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know how do you solve for those three things? Um, and you know, I would I would pull them up and make them more transparent. You know what I mean? Um, and you know and 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 let the process. Here's okay. I would let the 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 logistical process engineers run the, the, the process, run the play, not the salespeople, you know? And I, mm-hmm. think, I think that it's not fair to the salespeople, real estate salespeople, that the industry and the consumers and everybody else kind of puts it on them to, you know, to the, make the call about the, not just the sale, but beyond right. that, the transaction and getting to the mm-hmm. table and all these parts, that it's part, not really their job and it's not part of what they do but they're relied upon and looked at as the, as the quarterback of that. And it's not really fair to them. They're, you know, they're in a, they're in a, and they're, and they don't want to relinquish like the, Hey, you know, talk to this person and talk to that. So I think that the process should be driven by the process engineers, Mm -hmm. Um, the, the loan, you know, the, the, the mortgage process engineers, the title process engineers um, telling kind of sales, like, all right, great. You brought the sale in now. This is what we do. And instead of the other way around, sales dictating mm-hmm. the processes, which is what happens a lot in this industry, yeah. not so much in others. And I think that that kind of makes it a more confusing transaction than it needs to be for consumers. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a great answer with absolutely zero preparation. Uh, Matt, thanks again for coming on today. Uh, if anyone else out there wants to contact you, uh, what's the easiest way to get in touch? Yeah, if you're a title agent and want to know we can help operations, our company is called Title Box. Um, we are thetitlebox.com, thetitlebox.com. Um, and that's the best way to find us, learn a little bit about what we do and how we help title companies, title operations, um, operates, expand, scale, better, faster, cheaper in so many ways. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. Great. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Please like and subscribe wherever you get this podcast. If you have any ideas for upcoming episodes or would like to be a guest, please reach out to us at lendingleaders at lssoftwaresolutions.com. Hope to hear from you.